Welcome to Sash Says, a podcast providing insightful conversations, connecting pageants, people, and purpose, where we believe in wearing your invisible crown, walking in grace, and leaving a little sparkle wherever you go. And now, here's your host, business owner, beauty queen, speaker, pageant coach, and all-around Southern Belle, Leah Hatter. Hi, Queens. Leah here. I am so excited to be able to introduce our newest uh, podcast guest to the show. Her name is Maggie Whittemore, and she is the reigning Miss World North Carolina 2019. Maggie has uh, quite the amazing story about how she was crowned uh, Miss World North Carolina 2019, as well as uh, being able to share her experiences competing across different systems, uh, promoting her platform, but then also being able to give advice on how to connect skills learned and pageantry to after the crown and of course in the real world as we call it or within uh, your careers. Hello everyone this is Leah Hatter here host of the podcast Sash Says and with me today I have a very special guest this is one of my pageant friends Maggie and she is so excited to be here hello Maggie how are you hello Leah I am fantastic I hope you're doing well as well Girl, of course, I am fabulous. I'm 100% part, well, I'm just kidding. I'm just fabulous right now. But anyway, um, Maggie, would you mind telling us um, a little bit about your uh, pageant experience? So you are a pageant girl, and I believe you're from North Carolina, or you're living there currently. Like, did you grow up competing in pageants? Is this something new for you? Did you start competing in college? I mean, what's the scoop about Maggie's pageant history? Uh, yeah, so um, I grew up in Maine, actually. Um, the wow. pageant okay. world where I grew up in Maine, in northern Maine, it's a lot bigger. I grew up in southern Maine where it's really not a thing. So as a kid, I twirled the baton, and we'd have, you know, a pageant portion with that kind of, where you'd wear a nice dress, and you'd walk, and you'd do a twirl, and we'd got crowns and tiaras and all that, but never really – you know, toddlers and tiaras or anything like that. It was just part yes. of competing and baton twirling uh, as a little fun thing. And then I didn't really start looking at pageants or scholarship contests or anything like that until my senior year of high school, I competed in the Distinguished Young Woman program. And that mm-hmm. is an amazing scholarship program that I know you're very familiar with. Um, and I Completed in that, and I won the title of Distinguished Young Woman of Maine in 2013. So that summer, I got to go to nationals and compete for the title of the Distinguished Young Woman of America. I had so much fun with that. And then I dabbled a little bit in college. I tried one pageant, didn't really like it. And then I kind of dropped it during my college career just to focus on academics and try other new things in my life. I know when I first started college, people kind of knew me as the pageant girl because back in the day, um, you know, six oh, years yeah, ago, I understand. We, would, we would, you know, you'd stalk your, your roommates on Facebook, you'd stalk your floor mates on Facebook, all that good stuff, and they would see, you know, me all glitzed and glammed and pretty dresses. And 
that definitely kind of created a stigma around me, people thinking like, oh, she's that pageant girl. And I, I kind of wanted to stray away from that, which is really sad because there's nothing wrong with that. And I love the glitz and the glam and the getting out into my community. So I stopped in college, and then I moved down to North Carolina once I graduated from my job. And I got back into it, so I participated in the Miss America organization, the Miss International mm-hmm. system, and then most recently the new Miss World America system. Oh, wow. And don't you have a current title within the World America system? Tell us a little bit about that. I do. I actually just found out and will be crowned very soon. Um, I am the now current Miss World North Carolina for 2019. I placed first runner-up, and the girl who won the title has moved on to a different pageant title. And so I am stepping in and filling in that role for the next six to seven months, and I get to represent the beautiful state of North Carolina and give back to the community that has welcomed me with open arms. And I'm so excited to get out and do that and be a part of it. Oh, my gosh. Like, that is incredible. I'm so excited for you. And it's crazy how stuff like that happens sometimes. You know, and um, I've told contestants and uh, former queens have told me whenever I was competing um, in certain systems, they're like, don't ever knock first runner-up or even second runner-up because you never know (laughs) how things could turn, you know, and you could resume the duties. No, that's the thing. And, I mean, I watched her win that night. I went – I it was uh, she just won the title of Miss North Carolina Teen USA, and I went that night, and I was so excited for her. And never in my mind while this was happening was I thinking, like, oh, I have to step up now. Like, it wasn't until the week after my pageant director emailed me and, was, and said, she was like, hey – Peyton won. Here you go. It's time to step up. And I, I remember I read that email right when I got home from work, and I was like, Oh my goodness! It was something that just never crossed my <laughs> mind. All the hubbub of the excitement for someone else, and I talked to a few people who were in the audience as well, and they were like, Yeah, all I could think about was, Oh my gosh, Maggie, Maggie's this world, North Carolina, and I was like, I'm glad everyone else had this thought because I didn't. Like, but it's just one girl, of those like things. Christmas came early. It really was, and you don't think about, I mean, you know, you win first runner-up, and there's always that feeling of, like, oh, I was so close, I was inches away, yep. and you yep. get you get down on yourself and everything, but I just, you can't knock yourself, you never know what's going to happen, you know, six months down the road. Here I am six months, not even six months, five months from that pageant, and getting ready to be crowned for this new title. So, so could you tell us a little bit about this? Um, there are so many systems out there. Like, what are some special um, facts or, like, characteristics about this Miss World system that you've really liked so far? Yeah, so it's really – it's been very different from other systems I've been a part of. Miss World has been a pageant since oh, – I'm going to get my year wrong. I should know this. But either the late 1940s or the early 1950s is one of the – it is the oldest okay. um, international pageant system. And – it is really unique in the way our platforms are called our beauty with a purpose. And with that, with the Miss okay. World America system at least, um, I had to, 25% of my score was based on an essay on my beauty with a purpose project. And then I also had to give a presentation as well as part of my interview. So that's a very different aspect than any other pageant I've done. I've never had to sit down and write an essay for my platform and then give a business presentation presentation basically explaining what I have done already, what I want to do with the title, where I want to see this project go and everything. So that was a huge difference. And then 
at the national and the international level, you have the option to compete for other kind of preliminaries in a way. So there's a fitness challenge, there's an influencer challenge, there's a beauty with a purpose challenge. They have all these separate challenges. There's a talent portion um, that's optional as well. So it's a pageant that you can really go into it only needing to do the beauty with a purpose, the interview, uh, fitness wear, and gown with an on-stage question, but then you can shape it to your other advantages. So if you're really good at, you know, fitness challenges, you can put that in and it goes towards your overall score. If you're really great at getting people to join you on social media and getting likes and comments and you're just very influential with your online community, then you can put that challenge in and have it go to the score. I really like how it is customizable for each girl who can attend it and yes. who can be a participant in it. And I just I really enjoy having options like that in a pageant system that it can fit all kinds of shapes and sizes. Oh, yes, rather than just, you know, the typical, like, evening gown, interview, uh, fun fashion, fitness, and then your on-stage question. And for some contestants, you know, they like the traditional, and then for other contestants, they're like, you know, look, I want to do something a little more broad. <laughs> Besides yeah. your typical traditional competitions, you know, I, I want some new flavor, you know, I, I want to do something unique. So, yeah, that does sound like a really cool system to be involved with, and especially um, – it could really help contestants shine, especially with, like, the presentation that you talked about with your public speaking skills, um, your planning and time management, trying to put those together. I mean, it seems like, um, yes, they're interested, like, you know, in your career goals and, and your on-stage performances, but then also, like, you can use those skills in preparing for this particular system out in the career field. So have you seen, like, a connection between, like, your skills that you've learned in pageantry related to your job now? Oh, my word. Every day, I feel like um, I, with my job, I'm a director of communications and programs, and I work for the American okay. Institute of Architects here in North Carolina. I work at the state level. Uh, it's a, a, a professional association for architects that they can join. And part of my job on top of communications, which is social media, um, you know, online marketing, emails, things like that, uh, the programs part of it is setting up continuing education. So I've learned a lot through pageants on how to sell something. Because in a pageant, you're, you're pretty much just selling yourself at the end of the day. You learn how to talk. You learn how to act and how to sell yourself to be the best contestant, the one who should walk away with that crown and sash. And that's really yes. helped in marketing to get sponsors to pay for these continuing education courses for our architects. So that's worked really well. Public speaking has improved by miles. Um, I really have gotten better at that and getting up in front of people I don't know and not being afraid to talk about something. And then it's just interview skills have gotten really good because anytime you try to sell a sponsorship, it's like the mini interview. They want to get to know you and get to know your association and why they should choose you. So I've gotten really good at that. I mean, any anything you do in a pageant, I really feel can be applied to life. And as silly as it sounds, I know people are sitting here listening like, oh, well, how does walking around in my fitness wear, you know, apply to daily life? <laughs> but it does. I mean, it really, it helps yes. you gain that confidence. Yes. You, it, it puts you in a situation that you wouldn't normally be in, but it helps you adapt and it helps you learn how to overcome that how to be a part of it, and just how to be comfortable in any situation. I mean, I did the Miss America um, organization back when they had swimsuit, and that was my mm -hmm. first time ever stepping up on a stage <laughs> and, you know, 
being barely covered in just a swimsuit. And I know my first time I did it, I remember I went home after a couple pageants for Christmas, and my whole family was like, don't you feel weird up there? Isn't it scary, like, walking around in your swimsuit and heels? And I, I remember sitting there and being like, I don't really realize it's happening. <laughs> like, you get up there, and you're just like, all right, you get used to it. You have to do what you got to do, and it keeps you moving on. So, I mean, anything you learn in a pageant can be applied to daily life. And I think that's the biggest thing when I talk about pageants and when I talk about my pageant career and how it's affected me, it's just anything you do, whether it be on stage speaking, interviews behind the scene with a panel, anything like that can be applied to your daily life. Oh, sure. And it also taught me too, Maggie, um, because I've worked like in education, I've also worked within the business field, like um, impromptu mm-hmm. speaking and like just being able to, like you said, like think in the moment, but also like to prepare yourself in the moment. Because I had pageant yeah. directors, like we we would go to an event and you've probably had directors the same way. And they would say, okay, go to the podium, Leah, and, you know, pitch a platform for five minutes. I had just walked mm-hmm. in the door, Maggie, like... <laughs> but you know it, it taught me how to think on my feet yes no definitely I can't even tell you how many events I've been to this year where I've volunteered at, like with a local title and I've gone into like a town event and they've been like all right you're emceeing tonight and I'm like okay <laughs> like you just got to be ready for whatever they throw at you and it's definitely helped with that I mean numerous times I've been done emceeing and I have people come up to me and say you're amazing at public speaking you're such a great MC." and I was like I was on the tip of my toes the whole time during yeah. this. So, it really, yeah, those impromptu skills, let me tell you, <laughs> they come in handy. Oh, they, they do, and also it taught me, too, like, how, um, good time management skills, how to be flexible, but then also, like, you know, you have to learn how to travel, you have to learn how to pack lightly, you have to learn how to stay organized, and I think that's something mm. that, you know, people who are not involved in pageants don't realize, like, you know, we had uh, to make sure that we could balance, you know, school, career, and our pageants, and so, you know, we had to learn those good time management skills and, you know, how to stay organized and to make sure that we're not overwhelming ourselves, so we had to, you know, keep a balance, and that's something that I've applied to my personal life but then also my career life as well. So what about you? No, definitely. I mean, I, you know, I balance a full-time job that sometimes even goes past full-time. It depends the time of the year. I do travel a lot with my job. And on top of that, I mean, I'll travel a lot with my job. And even then, sometimes I bring the crown with me because you never know, even though I'm not, I've held the title of Miss Carrie in a couple different systems this year. And even though I'm not in the town of Carrie, which is where I, you know, I reside in North Carolina, I can still use the crown in some way. I know I've used work experiences to join other groups. I was away for a weekend in another town, and I booked an appearance. And I was like, I'm going to talk about my platform with this group, uh, amazing group here in North Carolina called Empowered Girls of North Carolina. And I used that. I was like, I'm going to be away for the weekend. Why not get something in? And I did that. I had I had that presentation in the morning, and I talked to the girls, and we had a great time. And then that evening, I had a work event. And so it's just all about using your schedule and knowing what you have, but then also not overwhelming yourself. I know there's some – I'm a very proactive person who often bites off a lot more than I can choose sometimes. <laughs> but I've learned, I've learned a lot from pageantry about knowing my limits. And as much as I want to do yes. every single little thing my town offers – I can't do that. And there's sometimes, some weekends, there might be something that's just so fun, but I need a weekend off. And it's just learning that work-life balance, this work-pageant life balance of, you know, doing that. And I, I joke a lot with my family. They'll ask me, you know, oh, what's, 
is Maggie doing things this weekend or is Miss Carrie doing things this weekend? And I always say, oh, you know, Miss Carrie has the weekend off. Like, Miss Carrie's <laughs> taking a rest this weekend. But that's how my family always words it. Like, my parents text me that, like, every weekend. They're like, oh, what's Miss Carrie doing this weekend? I'm like, she's taking a nap. Like, <laughs> she needs a rest. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's just all about keeping those three parts of my life. And some people have, you know, ten parts of their life. It's just keeping all of them kind of separate and knowing your limits and definitely learning how to balance it and using your time wisely. Oh, sure. Um and have you noticed, too, like, whenever you travel, you can appear, like, as Maggie or, like, I've been to places as Leah, but when I title drop, it's like the atmosphere just changes. Like, there's a shift. It's like, you know, I can say mm-hmm. something as Leah, and people are like, oh, okay, that's nice. But when they introduce me as this is Miss Petite Tennessee 2019, Leah Hatter, it's like, zoom. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we really need to pay attention to Miss Petite Tennessee 2019 because she must know what she's talking about, like, <laughs> It's so interesting, yes. you know, how much of an influence you have, like, with your title or, you know, when you're wearing your crown and sash, people are more inclined to listen to what you have to say. No, that's so true. That sparkly hat holds so much power. I mean, you walk, and it's it's even funnier when I go to events, I you know, out of my safety, I don't walk into events with the crown and sash on. I just walk in as Maggie, and I you know, find yes. whoever's coordinating, whoever I've talked to, and I always say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm Maggie, I'm Miss Carrie, and they'll be like, oh, okay, like, come into the back, like, they're really good here about having a separate space for me to go, like, if I need a moment away, I've always, every event I've done here, they've had, like, a space for me, which I don't even, I don't know if that's a thing, they're just used to having pageant people, or they just think that I need space, I don't know what it is, but I find it funny, but I really appreciate that, that I have this separate space to put on the crown, to put on the sash, and then step yes. out in a new position. And it's weird when you walk in somewhere, no crown, no sash, people don't even notice you. But the second they step out, you can see the same people you walked in with then, like, mm-hmm. look at you and go, oh, wow, like, she's someone. <laughs> and it's yes. so funny. Yes. Like, I just, it cracks me up every time. And then I love taking the crown and sash off and then just sneaking out again because it's just people like notice things like that and they hyper focus on them the second they're gone you just blend back in which I kind of like I like to say it's like Batman almost like you put on the suit and no one knows who you are you take it off you're Bruce Wayne again like it really feels like that sometimes but the power that is behind it I mean you can captivate a whole audience with that crown and sash because people just know okay like this is someone serious Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, um, related to, like, the power behind the crown and sash, you know, a lot of beauty queens will say, my crown is, you know, my sparkly microphone, blah, blah, blah. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about your pageant platform and then why you chose that particular cause and then, like, how you, you have used your pageant titles to promote it? Yeah, I would love to. So my pageant platform, or my beauty with a purpose, as we call it in this world, um, organization is called Authentic Instas, and you can find me, little plug, um, on Instagram, at Authentic Instas, and it is all about, um, it's a mix of things, it's about, mainly about teaching not only just young girls and boys, but anyone who's willing to learn about how the media works, and how basically everything you see online has been edited, and to understand that you don't have to live up to the impossible standard that's being pushed on you every day and that it's what's inside that truly matters. So I have spent, it will be one year in next week, it will be one year next week since Authentic Insta started, which is so crazy to think about. 
And I have spent this year basically going around. I do um, presentations with it where I teach. I've worked not only with young girls and boys, but I've worked with adults too. Um, going over, I kind of have a little presentation where I go over what they see in the media, how to point out what's fake, how to understand why the media, you know, creates these fake images. And then I always end it with a confidence-boosting activity, which works out great. Um, and like I always tell them I'm teaching them to be media detectives. That's my term I've kind yes. of coined with it, with spotting Photoshop and things like that, and they really enjoyed that. Um, so I do that. I run the Instagram account as well where I post inspirational quotes. I post my own authentic instas where I'm makeup-free and just rolled out of bed. I post images that make me laugh. I, re I call them Facetune flubs because they just okay. crack me up okay. so much. Um, and I always post, like, really obviously edited photos that are really crazy and silly that people have posted. And it's not in a making fun way, but it's in a way of just, like, if you saw that photo, you would know it's fake. And it's just teaching people, you know, to look in the media. Because sometimes even if it does look fake to one person, someone might look at that and think, wow, why don't I look like that? And I think it's just doing mm -hmm. a more fun, lighter post to, you know, like, make people aware of it is really great. So I do that with it. And it's just been an amazing experience. Um, it started with my own personal struggle with body dysmorphic disorder. So for those who don't know what that is, it is, um, you know, it's body dysmorphic disorder, BDD, body dysmorphia. Basically what it boils down to is when I look in the mirror, I don't see what you see when you look at me. I see a distorted figure of it. It's, um, and it's, it's hard to live with. It makes it so I never – really understand what I look like, and it can make it very easy to fall into eating disorders, into over-exercising, into anything like that, and I learned that mine came from the media, and I, at the time when I was diagnosed with it, was running a Fitstagram, <laughs> and was like, I'm going to get fit and be great and look like all these girls I see, but it took me, like, sitting down and looking at that and just not being happy with how I looked or how I felt or anything. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I was in the best shape of my life, and I was just convinced, like, something was wrong with me. But when I looked at it, everything I'm seeing on Instagram, all these Instagram models and all these, like, fitness models and just everything that's being pushed at me isn't real. It's been edited. It's been airbrushed. It's been Photoshopped and yes. face-tuned. And I wasn't getting that. And so for me, it was a huge mental struggle of just being like, why don't I look like her? And spending hours agonizing just over the fact that I wasn't living up to what I thought I was supposed to be living up to. And just figuring out that there is an impossible standard set by our media, as awful as it is, but it is something. And I just knew that if I was struggling with it, I mean, I have a degree in media studies, <laughs> digital arts, and journalism, um, so basically I should have known this. I know how to use Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> basically, if I knew if I, of all people, couldn't get over this, then there must be dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of other people feeling the same way as me who don't have those same skills to know that it's fake. So that really wanted me really – I don't, I don't know if the word would be, like, it just pushed me, I guess, to go out and want to educate people. Like, it was almost an obsession of, like, I need to show people this isn't real. <laughs> you know, when you learn something and you're like, I have to tell everybody, I just learned this thing. That's how it started. Yes. And people have really taken to it, which is amazing. And no matter how many presentations I give or how many people I talk to through the Instagram account or how many followers I have, it's just been I mean, people come up to me to this day and are like, 
I never knew this was fake. Or they'll send me photos and they'll be like, this person's edited. Or I had a girl a couple weeks ago um, who, I, who I'm friends with and met in college and everything. And she posted a photo on Instagram. I liked it. And, you know, I was like, miss you so much, blah, blah, blah. And she messaged me and she said, honestly, I didn't want to post that photo because it wasn't, I didn't look like the other girls on Instagram. It wasn't quote unquote Instagram worthy. And she said, oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. because it made me happy. And she said, through mm -hmm. what you've done on Instagram, you've taught me that it doesn't matter. It's what I want to put out there. It's what makes me happy. That's all that matters in the end. If she feels good and she likes that photo of her, like laughing with her friends, and that's all that matters. And just little things like that have shown me that it's all worth it and that I am making that difference. Just someone saying like, oh, I didn't think my photo was Instagram worthy, but I wanted to post it anyways. It's just, it means the world to me. And it's just amazing to see that a change is happening. Oh, yes. And, you know, there are so many pros and cons to social media. I mean, people are taking classes. Um, you know, there are degrees mm -hmm. now in social media management. And it's so eye-opening, um, you know, related to your platform and just seeing all these documentaries in general about how teenage girls and boys, um, people even, you know, like grown adults in their 20s and 30s and onward, um, they're falling into depression. They have anxiety. Uh, they're comparing themselves to other people. And mm -hmm. it's just crazy to think that, you know, a lot of girls now, too, they don't feel worthy, they don't feel special because they don't look like so-and-so. So, you know, comparison truly is killing. But then also what makes me so concerned about this, the fake side of social media, is they are now basing their self-esteem on how many followers they have and how many likes they get, like, on each photo. And to me, that's, yeah. that's such a shallow idea. You know, it's like, oh, I only got 10 likes on this photo, so I must not be worthy. I mean, it's sickening, like, and it's sad. No. Yeah, no, it's, it's really concerning, and especially working with – I've worked with a, one group a couple of times now, and it's a dance studio, and their girls range from ages – I think they start at 5 until 16 or 17. And – I usually talk with the older girls because the younger girls aren't quite on social media. They don't quite get it yet. They're not at that point quite yet to understand, like, what the media is, uh, and, which is fine. They don't have to be. But talking with the older girls is just I love doing it. And they're so open, yes. and they will tell you anything they see. And it's just amazing the things that they – every time I go, the things that they tell me, like, I always sit down with them on the floor in, like, a big circle, like, crisscross applesauce, and we all just hang out. Uh -huh. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I have to show you something that I saw. And they'll show me, like, photos that their friends are posting that are edited. They'll show me pictures from the, like, celebrities they follow. And they'll be like, look, look, like, she made her waist smaller. You can tell because, like, the background's bent, like you taught us. And all these things. <laughs> and it just amazes me. Every time I go back, the more things they have to show me. And I know one girl who, she's so sweet. She'll send me messages on Instagram of these random people. I don't know who they are, but she'll be like, look at the filter this girl is using. Like, she's not being authentic and all these things. Yes. And just, I love it. Like, I love that they are, like, awake to this and they're seeing it and they're understanding I don't have to do that. And, I mean, I've seen, I follow a few of them, and I've seen a shift in what they've posted and, like, mm -hmm. taking off mm -hmm. the filters and posting more authentic content, just being themselves, not wearing small outfits or, you know, just, just being who they are and showing off who they are on the inside. And I'm loving it. <laughs> but I do. I love going and visiting them and having them sit down with me and just show me everything they've screenshotted over the past six months to show me. <laughs> so it's oh, really, yes, it's absolutely. been so much fun. and. 
seeing that, you know, that they're taking it seriously and they understand this is something that shouldn't be happening is just fantastic. Well, um, you know, speaking of going out into the community and things like that, mm-hmm. um, yeah. could you tell me a little bit about uh, the appearances you've made so far as, um, or going to as Miss World North Carolina, but then also you mentioned that your Miss Carrie, is that within the international system? That was in actually both international and world system. I did that with both. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we can do past, present, and future. <laughs> so uh, in the past, on top of doing presentations, you know, as Miss Carrie with Authentic Inspos, my platform and everything, I have judged a pimento cheese festival here in the town of Cary. I've had breakfast with the Easter Bunny. I've judged costume contests for Halloween for the Mummy and Sunball. Pretty much anytime we have anything here, I'm there. We have a pumpkin flotilla that goes around our little pond we have here that I got to MC at. Just any kind of little event like that I love to do. I actually, at the Pimento Cheese Festival, not only did I get to judge for the best pimento cheese, but I also got to crown our winner of the um, Pimento Cheese Sculpting Contest. So I already have experience in crowning someone else. It's great. Um, I got to, they have like this big, you know, like the Green Bay Packers cheese heads. It was like that material, but a crown. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. But honestly, it is my favorite picture of all pictures, all titles ever, is <laughs> me holding this giant foamy cheese crown. Um, yeah, basically anything I can get involved with. I've done a lot of charity work as well. I volunteered at the American Heart Ball um, in my general region last year in the Triangle area of North Carolina. I volunteered there. I also volunteered at, um, in Fayetteville, they had a, another gala. It was an auction for their domestic abuse and their uh, child abuse organization they have there to raise money for that. They provide, um, you know, therapy and counselors for kids that are going through issues like that and for spouses that are going through issues. I've just tried to, to do it all, you know. And you, get, you only get a year with a title. And you just, you really got to take it and run. So anything that I see that pops up, I'm there. I love to be at it. I love to do anything. Um, i trying to think what else I did. Oh, I've been to the Ronald McDonald house a couple times and worked with kids there. <laughs> My goodness, there. Maggie, um, you've been everywhere. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I mean, I just, I know, I, I nonstop all the time. But I just, like I said, I had this, you know, any of these titles, even just my little local delegate titles, I had for a year. And I just, I knew I wanted to do as much as I could with that title and take it as far as I could. And Miss Carrie was going to be everywhere and at every event. And she really has been. And it's been so much fun. And then, I mean, I might town's a larger town, but there are still people who, when they see me, they're like, oh, Miss Carrie, like, I met you at this event. And it's just so exciting to be part of a community like that. And now that I'll be Miss World in just a few days, um, <laughs> from North Carolina in just a few days, I'm skipping a few titles, going international now, apparently. <laughs> um, I... Just, I have so many plans. I know my first appearance will be um, this Saturday after. It will be a Christmas parade in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So if anybody listening will be attending that, I would love to meet you there. Um, I have that. And then just, again, anything I can get involved with. I mean, I would really like to work with the Me Fine Foundation, which is a smaller foundation we have here. Um, 
for it supports families um, whose kids have gone through either cancer or a large surgery or something that has just racked up a lot of medical bills, and it helps them pay that off. So I would love to get involved with that. Definitely want to get involved with the American Heart Association as well, again, the Triangle Ball they had last year in Gala was so much fun. I would love to do that again. Just anything I can really get my hands on. My biggest dream, and I've already, like, planned this, and I need to start putting it in motion. I really i am a huge fan of the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm a huge hockey fan because I'm from New England, and nothing makes me happier as a transplant here in North Carolina that we have a hockey team. So my biggest dream is to um, ring the storm alarm. We have, like, one of those hurricane alarms that people get to, like, ring at the beginning of each game, and that is my absolute dream right now. And I'm already trying to, like, connect to the right people to get to start off our Hurricanes game. Like, you know, most pageant girls are like, oh, I want to see the national anthem. Like, no, I want to ring the Hurricane alarm. <laughs> like, and that has been – that is my goal right now. So, fingers crossed I can get to do that um, before the season is out, before, like, Stanley Cup stuff, ramp, like, ramps up and everything. Um, I know that's not until the spring, but, you know, fingers crossed. Cross your fingers for me, pray for me, whatever you do, put the vibes out there that I'll get to do that. So that's kind of, you know. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. I'll I'll put that on my prayer request list right now. (laughs) Well, Maggie, you've been able to do so much um, with uh, pageants and participating um, in several pageants and competing across different systems. Um, And you seem like you're really motivated and you're just really inspired to get up and just get after it each day. Um, I have one last question for you. Uh, Do Mm -hmm. you have some type of inspirational quote or a Bible verse that you tell yourself each and every day uh, to keep you motivated and moving forward? I do, and it's actually kind of ironic where you talk about that I, like, keep moving, keep doing things. So um, my favorite movie is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and this quote has always followed me. It was my senior quote in my yearbook in high school, and it's um, when Ferris is in the art museum, and he says, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. And that is just, you know, how I've spent my, you know, pageant career. I just have taken every opportunity and always just have, I've, I haven't said no to much. And that's because everything flashes by so quickly. That one year you have with your crown and sash and representing either your town, your city, your state, your, you know, your nation. It's just you got to take those opportunities and take a minute and stop and think about how lucky you are, how blessed you are to have been given that opportunity to be there, whether it's, you know, my Pimento Cheese Festival or if you're, you know, meeting the president or something. Just every moment, every day, just take a moment to stop and think of how blessed you are to be where you are and how lucky you are to be who you are. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, And, Maggie, uh, if we have any further questions or concerns for you or maybe we want to get connected um, to the Miss World uh, pageant or even Miss World North Carolina system, the international system, et cetera, um, how can we contact you? Yeah, so um, I am on Instagram. That's probably the best way what I use the most. Um, my handle is Maggie, M-A-G-G-I-E, and then M-A-E-W-H-I-T-T, Maggie May Witt. Um, yeah, and you can contact me through there, or you can also follow me um, at Miss World NC, I think is my new handle, um, or Miss World America NC. I'll have to double-check that one. Let me see real quick. I want to make okay. sure that's right. And that would be able to um, answer any questions about the system. 
Uh, it is Miss World. Why can't I find it? Miss World North Carolina. There we go. So that will be another way to contact. Um, <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> if you want to, you know, contact, you can contact me there as well. Like I said earlier, um, Authentic Instas, if you want to learn about that. You can find me anywhere on the Internet, really. Um, and then if you aren't in North Carolina and you are interested in the Miss World America system and getting involved with a state program with that, um, America's Miss World, or if you just Google Miss World America, the website pops right up, and it has a helpful, like, little map you can click on that will take you right to your state's website, and you can sign up from there. I would highly encourage everyone to give it a try because you never know. I mean, even if you're first runner-up, who knows? You may end up walking away with a crown and, you know, half a year to represent your state, which is amazing. So definitely give it a try. Um, but, yeah, that's it. If you feel free, anyone who's listening to contact me, I, I like meeting new people. Fantastic. Well, Maggie, I want to thank you so much for being on uh, Sasha's podcast today. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. No, thank you so much, Leah, for having me. This has been an honor, and it's been so much fun. Hello everyone, this is Ava Hill, Miss International 2019, and you're listening to Sash Says Podcast. What a great conversation. Thank you so much to Maggie Whittemore for taking time out of her busy schedule to talk to me. Uh, we at SASH wish you the best of luck at the Miss World America competition, and we know that you are going to go on to do great things with your title. For more information about pageant coaching, you can contact me at lhatter underscore pageants at yahoo.com. Feel free to follow this podcast on Instagram at instagram.com slash sash says podcast. We are now concluding season one, and I cannot believe it. This is the absolute last episode of season one. Thank you so much to all of our Sash fans out there, and for those who have been tuning in and listening to each and every episode or tuning in when you can. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to support this podcast and also with Sash Pageant Consulting. Until uh, season two is uploaded... Continue and remember to rain on and always, always, always be awesome today. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sash Says. Tune in for more engaging conversations soon. Until then, rain on.